Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas Montague, and we are here today with another wonderful guest, Cheryl Craddock. Cheryl, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. It's such a pleasure to have you. Where are you calling us from today? From Kentucky, the very tip of Kentucky and Tennessee borderline. And what are you doing in Kentucky? Uh, Right now, I'm retired. I used to teach math. I taught math at the University of uh, Tennessee. That's at Martin, Tennessee. Amazing. And I'm going to give you a little bit of time to share about yourself. But before we do, I'm just going to introduce this book that we're going to talk about today for our audience, not your grandmother's book of Revelation. And I'm interested in your perspective, some of the things you're going to talk about about your book here. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Now, can you please tell us a little bit about your Christian faith? I was saved when I was six years old. And a lot of people believe that you can't truly understand salvation at at that young age. But I was I was so convicted that a week later when I was sitting in the front row of the church and uh, he did the invitation and I scratched my head and then the pastor came to me afterwards just trying to get me to ask the Lord to save me. I kept saying no, because he already has. That would be like I didn't believe he did it the first time. Mm. But that's how strong I believed when I got saved. And I was the youngest person that my uh, pastor baptized. I was 13 before. I, on my own, felt the need to be baptized. And before, he thinks young people do it because they're coerced by their parents. Mm-hmm. So I had to convince him it was my, my inspired idea to do it. So mm-hmm. You said that you were so convicted. What led to this conviction at such a young age? I don't, I mean, other than that, the Lord was just so real to me. I mean, you think at six, it's not, but, but, he just was. He was so real. And when when the pastor was talking about how we're sinners and, and how we're in need, and I just, I can't tell you, it just washed completely over me. And, and I knew that I wanted the Lord to save me. Amazing. Amazing. And Cheryl, do you have any children? I have two. I have a son and a daughter. Okay. Best children in the world. Have you heard that <laughs> before? Yes, yes. I just had my first son two months ago, and I hope that his oh, wow. his walk with the Lord is the same as yours, that he just has this conviction at a young age and decides the Lord is my savior. What my parents say is true about him. And I hope that's his encounter too. That's amazing. So good. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. When I was growing up, I didn't want to do the things that my friends did when I got to high school. I'm like, I just politely declined if they Mm -hmm. wanted to go out and do things that, that I don't believe were right. But I, and I never, I never lost that relationship with the Lord. 
that, you know, yeah. I wanted to do that. So Amazing. it makes a difference. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. And now to get into your book a little bit here, not your grandmother's book of Revelation. So what led you to write a book or to write this book in particular? You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. When Fiona moved to China, it was to begin an exciting life with her precious, loving husband. But then the pandemic hit. The whole world came to a halt, sick with plague and anguish. As COVID-19 stormed the planet, affecting millions, they found themselves in a horrible situation. With no airflow, they were stranded in China while their family and loved ones were back in the U.S. Fiona's grandmother had fallen ill and she was getting worse. Fiona found comfort when exchanging letters with her grandmother. Find your copy of Letters of Comfort on Amazon today to hear the letters that Fiona exchanged with her grandmother. Are you interested in becoming a holistic healer? Like a health coach, a naturopath, an herbalist, or a nutritionist, but don't have the time or money for college? The Aruka Holistic Life Academy offers a dual certification program in naturopathic herbalism and holistic life coaching with an emphasis in online business and marketing. Become the healer of your home and your community and build a profitable online health coaching business. Visit www.aruka.com. That is A-R-U-K-A-H.com. I had always been interested in the book of Revelation. I think that the Lord intends for us to, to, to truly study it. He gives you a blessing for doing so. And so he wants you to study it. He wants you to, to pay attention to it. And uh, I had studied it with several different pastors. But I went to an end-time uh, conference uh, based on Urban Baxter's uh, The End Times uh, CDs, DVDs. I had my whole life turned upside down the very first night. I mean, I was shown where uh, the misconceptions that people have about revelations that have been taught and over. And I had even myself taught revelations in Sunday school. They they don't go along with what the scripture says. We've just become so uh, inured to actually reading the words and paying attention to what the words say. And we just listen to what, what the pastor says. And, and they don't do it out of uh, maliciousness. They truly believe that, too. Because believe me, when I was working with my Sunday school class, I believed every word that I said. And as soon as I had uh, had my eyes opened, it's not just revelation that I've learned. It's the whole entire Bible. I read it differently now. But I wanted I wanted a way to to tell people of all the things that that they're being misled on that they don't realize they're being misled on. And so that's why I wrote the book to reach, to reach out to people, to tell them what I had learned. Wow. And when you say this, it makes me think like, wow, what, what are you talking about? What are some of these misconceptions? And so I hope that you can walk us through a little bit of that. What are some of those common misconceptions that we make? The very, right off the bat, the very first thing is everybody believes that the book of Revelation is written in chronological order. Everybody thinks that the seventh seal being opened is what starts the first trumpet to sound. And the seventh trumpet is what starts the first vial, but that's completely wrong. And in my book, I have it laid out, the scripture that proves that the seventh, the sixth seal, the seventh trumpet, and the seventh vial all occur at the same time. 
That's the very end when it's the worst earthquake ever. It doesn't happen three different times. It happens once. Mm -hmm. And it also goes along with uh, Matthew 24 when Christ was talking about what's going to happen. But uh, that's that's one. Uh, another is a lot of people think the tribulation is seven years. It's not. There's so many scriptures that say three and a half years that it's I don't. It's just mind-boggling to me that for so many years I believed it was seven. But it says mm -hmm. very clearly in Scripture, three and a half. And people believe that everything in the book of Revelation happens during that, that, that seven-year period. And it doesn't. If that's not correct. They think that the tribulation is the wrath of God. It's not the wrath of God. It's the wrath of Satan. In chapter 12 of Revelation, it talks about how Satan goes to war again in heaven and Michael and his angels defeat Satan and his angels. And he's he's uh, expelled to earth with no more access to heaven at all. And he's so furious. It's his his wrath. That's when the abomination of desolation is, happens in the temple. And that's when the tribulation starts. And he's persecuting the saints and the and Israelites, it's his wrath, not God's. God's wrath is the seventh trumpet, the seventh, well, all seven vials, and the sixth seal. That's God's mm. wrath. Yeah. And what could you say is the purpose of this book? Why did God give us the book of Revelation? So that we would know. So we would know. And, and one thing, it, it's uh, you see the signs of the prophecy coming to, to light you see it you see it being fulfilled in front of your eyes so that to me that's just um support to help people that are trying to to get people to uh be saved and to believe in, in christ to me the the prophecy being fulfilled is evidence well you don't know what the prophecy is if you don't ever study it and uh i think it's important Everybody knows about the mark of the beast. You can ask mm -hmm. people that never go to church and they'll tell you mark of the beast. But the thing is, you know, if you're a Christian, not to take the mark of the beast. But so many people don't understand what it is and when it's going to happen. So if you're misled or if you don't know the truth, then you, you I, with, I'll, I'll slow down a minute. That's my First and all overall goal of writing this book. So many people have been taught, myself included, and I believed it for 60 some odd years, that uh, we're going to be raptured before the tribulation. We're going to be gone before all the really bad stuff happens. But if you listen to what Jesus, him very self said, it's not until immediately after the tribulation. And at the very least, Paul says it's not, it can't happen until after the abomination of desolation which is at the halfway point. But anyway, if you think that, that you're not going to be here for the tribulation and they come up to you and they want to give you a mark, a, a chip in your hand, you might take it because you're like, well, it can't be the mark of the beast. I'm still here. And that was, that was my biggest concern was to get the word out there in scripture to show people what the truth is and how they've been misled. And it wasn't on purpose. It was, they all, down the line had been misled but anyway it's all in my book i promise one thing i want to say about the book i tried my best 
I was always, like I said, I taught math. I, I was always really good at, at book stuff, but I also have had a lot of street experience, real life experience. And, and I tried my best to make this book like just talking to a friend, you mm -hmm. know, something that's easy to understand. And I, there's five pages of table of contents so that you can easily look up stuff. And I just, I think it's, it's, uh, I did my best. And what I did was I took conglomerations of, of um, Dr. Baxter's end time studies, what Mr. Mack, he was the one that, that, uh, was the leader of that conference that I visited. He's been studying for like 30 years and teaching, teaching the end times for a long time, but he incorporated a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't in Dr. Baxter's uh, DVDs. And then he, he was the one that set us down and showed us how that the book of revelation is not in chronological order and showed us the scriptures that prove that he, uh, but I combined what he taught, what Mr. Baxter taught, what David Jeremiah has said, what uh, Eldred Thomas has said, and then my research, because I did a lot of research on the New World Order and, and things like that, the current mm -hmm. the current things that are happening now. But I think God, he, he, he promised you a blessing. If he didn't think yeah. it was important to study it, he wouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. I want to ask another question as well, because all of these things, I think when we think of revelation, we think of the end time battle, the like the, the, the rapture, the tribulation, Armageddon. the things that you're saying, exactly. But I think that these things are secondary to the coming of Christ. From my perspective, I think the coming of Christ is the number one priority. And all of these other things are secondary to that. What could you say about that? Like, the, I think that we should focus on the point that says Jesus is the bridegroom and we are the bride and we'll be reunited with him. What, what could you say about that from your studies? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's like you said, the whole point, the whole, mm -hmm. what people don't understand, they think it's the revelation of John. No, it's the mm -hmm. revelation of Christ. The whole book yeah. is about Christ. And you're right. I guess I should have led with that part. But yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just, just asking. Yeah. Uh, the whole book is about Christ, and it is about his second coming. Mm -hmm. It was foretold all through the, the Old Testament about his coming the first time. And, and the Second Testament is, all, I mean, the New Testament is all about his second coming. But you're right. That is, that is the overall super focus. But I, I absolutely agree that we need to be aware as believers. We can't, I think a lot of people skip over this book because it's, it's, we think it's too hard to interpret or we think it's, it's too symbolistic. But I think that it, like you're saying, we need to focus on this book. We need to read it. We need to understand that this is something that will happen. It is real. And it's not just a story. It will happen. And I think you're absolutely, absolutely. right. What are some other things that you can tell us about your book? Oh, gosh. Uh Like I said, I, I tried. I tried to uh, incorporate a whole lot of different things that people, you know, have provided. There's other information, but I just tried to combine it. But, but my my number one promise to myself is that I would include the scripture to show this from the scripture. It's not what some man mm -hmm. interpreted it to be. The symbols that you talk about—that is the part of of revelation that scares people off. 
But every symbol that's in the Bible, if it doesn't explain it in the actual passage that the symbols listed, it's somewhere in the Bible. You just have to learn to search for it. The horsemen, you think the horsemen are, everybody says the first horseman is the Antichrist. It's not, not by a long shot. If you look in uh, Zechariah, we're told that the, the horses of all these four colors are spirits that go out in the world. It's not the Antichrist. But anyway, uh, I thought of something I wanted to say, and I don't remember what it was. But Oh, yeah, Daniel. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. The prophecy of Daniel is in my book, too. All of it, it explains because the prophecy of Daniel has been misunderstood as well. I mean, it's if you take the, the beast of chapter 7, those four beasts are what makes up the, the revelation end time beast. They're combined. And and you've been told all your life that it's Babylon and Mede Persia and, and it's not. It's not. I have another specific question for you about okay. this. That when people think about, like you're saying, the mark of the beast, and people were saying, Oh, it's the vaccine of COVID-19, it's the pandemic. What could you say about about being aware of taking the mark and if you just from your perspective what do you think this could be to watch for this or something i believe that was another thing that i'd been misreading in the bible it says in your hand or in your forehead it does not say on and that's a that's a big difference everybody thinks it's going to be some tattoo or something on their forehead or on their hand for years i thought it was going to be uh under like violet i mean ultraviolet light or whatever you know i mean a number it's a chip the chips that they're now convincing people to have inserted it goes right here between your hand and you know right here by your thumb or not there because of the temperature control in your body on your on your forehead is the next choice and people are taking it and not even thinking twice it's so that you think about it the mark of the beast is the economic system that they're going to use to control if you can buy or sell or work or not work and the only way to do that is to do it electronically that's why all this could not have happened 50 years ago until we got the internet and computers and and chips and all this stuff it wasn't possible but i really do i honestly 100 percent believe it's going to be a chip placed in your hand to track you mm. What else could you say about this? You said the you mentioned the one world order. What could you say about that in our current state today with the wars that are going on, things like this? That's what they're working for. That's what they have been working for for a long, long time. But the people that are in power or believe they're in power right now, the God's in control. I'm sorry, but he is. But the people that think they're in control right now, that's their, their main focus. That's why that he was pushing so hard to, to give control to the WHO. Like they could declare a medical emergency and tell us what we can do and not do. That's mm-hmm. all part of the it's it's part of the uh, one world government that they've been working. So that's what the UN was created for. It was created to be the governing body for the one world the new world order you also mentioned that you you didn't mention it exactly but you're saying that a lot of elect will be deceived and i think this is talking about the beast right the miracles that the beast is doing what could you say about this the how could the elect god's people be led astray by this 
because he's going to do miracles and he's going to be the answer to all of our problems. He's going to, he, he's going to be the magic worker that that's going to bring tremendous peace on this earth. Even though we've had all this strife and all this matter of fact, we still have the uh, major war to come where a third of mankind's going to be killed. But mm -hmm. anyway, he's going to have the answer to all this. And he's, to to tell you that that he's really really good, I promise you, we know that for a fact that Israel is going to drop their defenses when when he creates this peace treaty for them to sign. They're and and they're going to be going. Oh my gosh, we don't have rockets being dropped on us every day. We don't have people trying to get into our country and kill us. And they're going to think it's fantastic. If you read Ezekiel, they completely drop their defenses, and that's the whole point of it until midway through. Mm -hmm. If you could leave our audience with one overall point today about the book of Revelation or about your time here today, what do you think that would be? First and foremost, like I said, my number one goal in writing this book was so that people would learn that what men say is not, you need to read the Bible, you need mm -hmm. to pay attention to every word in the Bible, not skip over some because they don't fit with what you've been taught. If you see something in the Bible that's not with whatever preachers are saying, it's the preacher that's wrong, not the Bible. God's word is inerrant. It's yeah. the inspired word of God. It's correct. Men are mistaken. Mm, amazing. Where can we find your book? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes. Okay. And we can find that just by searching Not Your Grandmother's Book of Revelation. Cheryl, yes, Cheryl Crada. Okay. Yes. Excellent. I'll put a link down below for our audience to check that out. You can click on that and find this book to purchase. And do you have any other social media platforms, maybe a YouTube page or, or other social media? I'm, I'm, wor I'm working on my website right now, and, but it's not, it's not ready for publishing yet. But I hope to have that very soon. But sorry, okay. no, I don't have it. Okay. We'll be watching for that then. Just find this book on the link below. Thank you so much for your time today, Cheryl. If I can have you end our time together with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to tell people of what you've laid on my heart. Thank you for, for this forum where people, a lot of people that don't know me or live anywhere around me can have the opportunity to know what I've experienced and why I wrote this book and what they can find in this book. Is please, Lord, let your word go out. Let everyone right now in this time of, of tremendous needs be with us and strengthen us and, and reinforce to us that you're there. And we, we ask all things in your holy, precious name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.